0: Good morning, everybody. Um, it's good to see all of you. Well, the people that I can't see here, and it's good to see the smiley face pole camera that I'm looking at right now that I was told to keep looking at. Um, it's just weird. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that needs people, and I need to see people, and I need to get energy from people. So it's just really weird. I'm like the meme this week that says... Um, Go check on your extrovert friends because they are not okay, right? So if you know somebody that's an extrovert, you probably should check in on them. They are probably bouncing off the wall. Um, but for those of you that are at home, man, I miss you. Um, I especially for any of my students that are that are listening. I hope you all are on and. Um, Watching and listening. I miss your responses in, on Instagram that we used to do. I just need all of you because, really, for me, man, just type whatever you listen to, Facebook or YouTube, type in some comments, do something. I'm here. Hallelujah. Amen. I need coffee. Um, uh, I need a haircut, or take a picture and show us your quarantine haircut. That's always going to be uh, lively and exciting. Um, so, yes, I'm not wearing a hat. Emily McClendon. So um, this is it. This is what you get. All right. Hey, these are just really weird times. Really weird. Like all churches are doing online services. This might be one of the most unique days in history. There's a few exceptions. I just read a article in between services where there's even a couple of churches in a couple of states that are saying, hey, we're going to meet. We don't care. My doors are open. We're going to meet. But this might be a unique day in history where God overtakes the internet highway. Because throughout all of the day, all churches are streaming online, or most churches, right? So what a cool experience, and what a great way to, to just spread the gospel that way. That's super cool, right? But, but it's weird, right? Everyone's doing online services. Zoom. If you own stock in Zoom, or I don't know if you can buy stock in Zoom, seriously, that, that has raised in its value. Um, all of that stuff. Every, everybody's posting online worship videos, right? Churches are. Worship teams are. Um, individuals are. Uh, Pastor Jonathan in, in the Philippines has been doing stuff. That's been really cool. Um, Pastor Bob is doing his three-minute Bible Bites. That's been super cool and, and really educational. A lot of other pastors are doing daily devotionals. It's just just really cool some of the things that are going on. We've realized that athletes and celebrities are not essential. I don't know if you thought that they were, but apparently they're not. Um, and we have lived a couple of weeks without them. Speaking of athletes, right? So all of you football fans, they're ready for football, right? I have this signal, right? That, that because I tend to preach long, I'm going to be doing one of these numbers a lot, and it's going to cue the people in the back to reset the timer that I have to look on. Why am I at one minute and 25 seconds, Jeremy. That is, there's something seriously wrong with that picture. Um, okay. Wow. And I don't know if you're me, if you're like me, but I like humor, right? Humor gets, gets uh, it's, it allows me to just do, there's some funny stuff out there on the internet. And I just want to show you a couple that I found super funny. And um, so let's look at this first one. Right? So I'm going to let Jeremy in the back kind of catch up. I'm going to stand aside for the few people that are in here. Um, and so you should be seeing a picture of a of an infant um, that, uh, <laughs> really cute, but are you that person? Have you ate all your snacks already? And you have, I don't know if you're like me, but... I'm honestly thinking God's going to provide a miracle in the refrigerator because I've gone there 60,000 times hoping that something new is going to show up in the refrigerator. Well, that hasn't happened yet, so uh, there you go. How about this next one? Talk about social distancing, right? Maybe if if social distancing was a contest, right, we already know who the winner is because Yeah, although this person thing, whatever it is, might have been spotted, obviously uh, this is the world champion in social distancing. So that's kind of funny to me. How about this next one? You might need, if you're younger, you might need someone to interpret this. Um, It comes from an old skit. I found this really funny. Um, And if you don't know who who is... (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot harder to say. Um, It's the World Health Organization is who it is. Um, And I just think it's really funny. Um, So that one's really good. And you can't have any kind of meme unless you throw a Chuck Norris meme out there. So how about this one? So word has it that Chuck Norris has the virus. So they put the virus on quarantine for two weeks. So that's pretty awesome. I like that. And then before we get to this last one, don't put it up yet. Hopefully it's not up there. Um, uh, This last one I, I found extremely funny. Now I'm not trying to make light of anything, but the whole phrase of... Uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? So let's, let's pretend, so to speak, that this virus happened in the day of Jesus and, um, um, and technology was around. I know that's a stretch, but bear with me because I'm the youth guy, so everything's a stretch. Um, so, uh, just be, so this is what the Last Supper might have looked like had this happened back in the day. Okay. Okay, everyone. Are you on? Everyone. Um, Make sure you put everybody on mute. Judas, are you on yet? Right? So maybe this would I found this really funny. Um, So uh, if I get struck by lightning, then Leah can take over youth ministry. (laughs) Yes, Jesus says have a sense of humor. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm really not trying to make light of a really serious situation. Um, I said before in the previous service, look, if you work in the healthcare industry or if you're on the front lines that way, um, man, we want to pray for you and we want to lift you up. It's hard. If If you are considered an essential employee, you have to go to your place of employment and you have to... Uh, deal with maybe some some people that aren 't that happy or or maybe you 're in a position where your job has been lost or you are in your question whether or not you 're going to have a job or your food is going to last i don 't know i 'm not trying to make light of a, of a situation that 's really serious. it is and I think one of the best things that we can do is pray for each other. We can pray for this thing to be gone but we really we can pray that 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 we just align and love each other but here's some great things if you really take a step back and look at some really good things that are going on right lee and i live in, um, our house backs to a greenbelt there's a walkway that's running by i've never seen so many people families together walking their dogs. I, I, don't, I don't even know where they came from. Um, and other things, Leah and I had a, had a Zoom, all the all families now, we're doing Zoom family reunions all of a sudden, because all of a the sudden they feel like, man, I need to connect, I need to connect, I need to connect. And so we had a reunion with uh, some of Leah's relatives in Texas that are over 90 years old, and it was just a great experience other than the fact they couldn't figure out Zoom because they were 90 years old, but that was fun. Um, there's just so many good things. Families in the park playing football or soccer or kickball. There's so many good things. Um, all of the worship stuff going online and everything. Man, I don't know. And we'll get into this as the message goes. But maybe this is more. This is more about about whether our faith holds water, and whether we can go through a situation and really, really. Um, just come out like like God is really good, and, and it's really a big task, which really does lead us to our message today. I titled my message today, Align, Celebrate, and Have Peace. Align, Celebrate, and Have Peace. So today, as Pastor Bob said, is Palm Sunday. It's traditionally celebrated the week before Easter. It's, it's Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, right? I grew up in a, in a conservative Baptist church um, where the kids on Palm Sunday would wave palm branches as the worship team, maybe the pianist, because we didn't really have a worship team, <laughs> um, uh, sang Hosanna, right so it's a really cool time it's a time to celebrate it's the start of the holy week right and we know as the week progresses we end up at easter but maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking or you, or wherever you're at you're thinking man i've heard a palm sunday message a thousand times how can this be any different and maybe you're right maybe you have read or heard or 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 seen a message on palm sunday a, a gazillion times But let me ask this question. Do you think what it says in Hebrews 4, that God's word is alive and active, is true? Do you think you can read the same story and get something new out of it? Because I hope that you do. And I hope that you believe that you can. And I hope that you believe that God is going to speak to you. I believe that. I believe that God has some good stuff for us. Right? So you see, the whole thing, the people were waiting for a Messiah. Pastor Bob read last week, Zechariah 9, where it was prophesied that a Messiah was coming. We even read here in this section of Scripture, Luke chapter 3, verse 15. Luke chapter 3, and by the way, you should grab your Bibles. Man, just because you're at home, that doesn't give you free pass, Okay? Get the popcorn out of the microwave, go sit on your couch, open up your Bible, wipe your hands before you turn the page, you'll get grease marks on it, okay? Just, it doesn't give you a pass. You need to get your Bible, right? I got a lot of scripture today. Luke 3.15 says this, the people were waiting expectantly and were wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. You see, they were looking. Expectantly, they were waiting, so they knew a Messiah was coming. And very similar to today, and a lot of us were waiting for the second return of Jesus, we're waiting expectantly, right? See the people were waiting and they were watching, and then comes Jesus. Jesus comes onto the scene. Up until this time, Jesus has done some crazy stuff. He has fed a lot of people. He has healed a lot of people. He has brought people from um from the dead to life, right? Jesus has done so many. His his Instagram followers w- would be skyrocketing at this point, right? He was his his fame was 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 just being greater and greater as time progressed up until this time. So everyone would know about Jesus, and they were probably wondering, is Jesus the Messiah? And maybe, as we read, a lot of people thought it that he was. See, the triumphal entry was recorded in all four of the Gospels. Okay, I would encourage you to grab your Bible later today. Read all four accounts because there's some significant differences in each one. I'm going to highlight a few of them this morning. But we're going to start in the book of Matthew. Chapter 21 is where the first account of this. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphagee. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there and her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. There's the story. Right? And I want to follow suit with this prophecies and promises, and there it is right there. There's the prophecy. It's stated specifically that Jesus quotes from Zechariah 9:9 9, 9, and the promise that he delivers, he's the Messiah. We're done. I've done my thing. Pastor Bob gave me prophecies and promises. I did it. There it is, Palm Sunday. Worship team, it's time to come up. (laughs) Not really. There's more, right? There's no way I could be done preaching in 10 minutes, right? There's so much more to this story. Yes, Jesus was prophesied or the Messiah was prophesied, and then Jesus comes into Jerusalem, right? But here's the first thing maybe that we need to learn from this. See, Jesus knows everything, or God knows everything. God knows everything. He orchestrated it. He knew walking into the city that there would be a donkey and a colt tied up further down the road. He knew that whoever was tending, whoever owned those would let them go. He knows. Maybe we just need to sit back and we need to realize and we need to think about God knows what's going on today. He knows it. He knew it. He knew it before it even started in China. He knew it before it gets to a point now where we're all sitting at home listening to this. God knows it. He has a plan. He has a plan, and we're going to talk about this later. See, God knows everything. See, the account in Mark 11, if, no, you don't have to turn there, but the account in Mark 11 actually documents that when the disciples went to go get the donkey, that there were some people that questioned them. You're like, what are you doing? And the disciples go, well, the Lord needs them." And then the people said, okay. Well, here you go, funny. If you need toilet paper, go to your neighbors and say, hey, the Lord needs the toilet paper. They'll give it to you. I'm not sure that's true, but it's worth a shot as long as you're six feet away. They might throw other things at you, but I don't know what's going on. You see, the Lord's plans prevail. He knows what's going on. He has this orchestrated out. We just need to follow suit. You know, Jeremiah 29.11 A very familiar verse to a lot of us. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, what a great verse. How many of you are hanging your hat on that verse during this time? I think a lot of us. But where the rub comes is He has a plan. It's His plan for us. It's not our plan that we're just trying God to fill. It's His plan for us. Maybe we need to understand what His plan is. Maybe we need to understand how He's going to prosper us. Well, that's the first point. Remember, the title of the message is Align, Celebrate, and Peace. Maybe the first thing is, is we need to align to Jesus. We need to understand what his plan is. Interesting. Because if you go back to the triumphal entry to to Jerusalem, have you ever asked yourself the question, why a donkey? I mean, out of all the animals to pick, why a donkey and a colt? Right of a donkey. I don't know. There's so many more, right? Maybe, maybe a, a big Budweiser Clydesdale would have been more appropriate, or maybe even an elephant. I don't know. There's probably a, a lot more animals to choose from. But maybe it is that God's plan is a little different than what our plan might think about. You see, the people were out of alignment, the people, when they thought of Messiah, they really were thinking that, they, that God was going to send someone to rescue them on earth from Roman rule and set up their kingdom on earth. Maybe they weren't thinking the spiritual realm. You see, Jesus came to conquer sin and death, not Rome. See, Jesus comes, and he wants to set up a kingdom in your heart, not here on earth. See, and a donkey symbolizes that, right? If you were to come in a horse, a big, powerful horse, that really is a symbol of of warrior or power or, or, like, I'm coming to fight, right? But a donkey symbolizes gentleness and humbleness, that's the idea that Jesus came in. You see, the people were out of alignment. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing. And I just want to encourage us today that we need to become aligned with Jesus much more today than ever before. We need to align ourselves. It's like a car that's out of alignment. A lot of us probably have driven a car that's been out of alignment. It tends to always go one direction. It takes more work. It takes more effort to bring it back, to steer, to do that. And because it takes more effort, you get more tense, your shoulders and everything over time. See, we need an alignment. We need to align ourselves with God. See, the story continues. Let's go on to Matthew chapter 21, verses 6 through 11. So Matthew chapter 21, 6 through 11. We're just going to continue the story. Just stepped on a... Starting in verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus has instructed them. They brought the donkey in the cold and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The palms and the cloaks. Traditional Palm Sunday vernacular, if you will. We talk about this a lot. We talk about the palms mostly. But we have an example of what the, paul, the cloaks represent. So the cloak, if you don't know, back in the day was sort of an outer garment, if you will, or it's a coat, so to speak, that just came over the top of what they were wearing. So they took off the cloak and they threw it on the ground for Jesus to walk. The disciples took off their coat, cloak and threw it on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. But look at this scripture. It's in 2 Kings... Chapter 9, verse 13. Second Kings, chapter 9, verse 13. If you can't find that, it's right after First Kings. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. <laughs> uh, here it is. They quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. So if you read the story and you read it in context, the whole idea is when they established Jehu as king. But the idea of spreading cloaks down is the idea of rolling out the red carpet. It's the idea of of showing honor. It's the idea of showing submission to authority. It's the idea of showing royalty. To somebody. That's why they threw the cloaks down. So they were recognizing Jesus as that. But again, they were were misaligned in the sense that they thought it was in an earthly perspective, not spiritual. But what about the palms? See, the palms were there to wave in celebration and victory. Celebration and victory. So in my mind, I'm trying to picture this scene back in the day. And the best that I can think of, maybe it's like a victory parade that a sports team has after they win a national championship or a Super Bowl, for example. Right, So I was fortunate enough, man, I was one of the crazy people that were downtown Denver when the Broncos won the Super Bowl last, right? And I saw everyone come by. They painted an orange stripe down the road, right? And then there were people waving um, and yelling and screaming, all celebrating the victory, right? So picture that place it on top of our story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, maybe it's very similar. But instead of the orange stripe, it was the cloaks on the ground because they were bowing to Jesus as royalty. But maybe maybe instead of the foam finger, maybe it's the palm branches, right? Maybe the palm branch was the original foam finger. I don't know. (laughs) It's a great picture in my mind. They were even yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna means save us or save me or save now. They were yelling that. They were screaming. Look at Luke. Look at the account in Luke. So flip over to Luke chapter 19, verses 39 and 40. Luke chapter 19, 39 and 40. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Man, I love that picture, especially in today's age, especially what we're going through today. You see, God's going to get the glory, He's in control, He knows what's going on, He's going to get the glory. Right? I think it's more important than ever for the church. And obviously, we're not talking the building because nobody's going to the building. We're talking about the the church, which means you and me. It's more important than ever for us to worship, it's more important for for us to, and than ever, is to celebrate Jesus. Man, we need to align with him, and we need to celebrate. It's super important to worship. Man, I love the video this week. I posted it on the on the in Facebook on the six twelve uh, DCC page. If and I ask a student to go there for you and show it to you, it's the guy that set up a sound system in his driveway, and he's singing Waymaker really loud, for all of his neighbors to hear. That's cool. Or that's cool if you're in youth group. Man, I think we should be doing that. I think now is the time, more than ever, for us to open the windows, worship God, let our neighbors hear it. Let me encourage you this way also. Man, just because we're at church at home, you don't get a free pass in worship. Man, when the worship team is singing up here, and they do a great job, right, that, that, man, you should be worshiping at home. You should be up on your feet. You should be singing. Your window should be open, and you should be, just be, whether you can sing a lick or not, you should be worshiping. And if that doesn't work, buy one of them Bluetooth rock speakers from Amazon, for the very rocks will cry out. Okay, connect to your Bluetooth and just let your neighbors hear the celebration that's going on. That's a great idea, and I'm going to order one tomorrow. (laughs) Man, look at everybody posting videos this week, or even last, everybody. Pastor Jonathan from the Philippines has been posting a couple 30-minute worship videos. Churches all over, some that I've been following, right, have been doing worship videos, some that we've all are familiar with, okay? Everyone is doing worship in this case. Man, I think it's more important than ever that we keep doing it. We keep celebrating. Not only do we need to align ourselves with God, we need to celebrate. Here's a little side note. Maybe this, is just a, maybe this is just a foreshadow. And I love how Pastor Bob mentioned that, that a lot of things that happen in the Bible is just a foreshadow of things to come. Look at this. This comes from Revelation chapter 7. I've never even, when even when Pastor Bob did this series, it did click into me what was happening right here until I read it in, in lieu of Palm Sunday. Right? So look at this. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. Just lost my page. I'm getting there. There you go. All right. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, and no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches. In their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They were doing the same thing that they were doing on Palm Sunday, but this is a picture in heaven. Man, that's what we should be doing. Man, we should take whatever you have. If you have a foam finger at home, put with a magic marker, Jesus is number one, and go out and start waving. Cut a branch out of your neighbor's tree and start waving it. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Man, we need to celebrate. We need to worship. We need to wave the good things that God is doing. Why? Because God has a plan. God is sovereign. He knows what's going on. He has it under control. He has a plan, and we just need to align to that plan. But there's more to the story. There's more. Let's look at Luke Chapter 19. This is Luke's account of the uh, triumphal entry story. Luke chapter 19, 41 and 42. Gotta raise the play clock here <laughs> in the back. I'm not sure it works, but sounds good. Luke 19. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept. Over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. We need to align, we need to celebrate, and then have peace. You see, Jesus, the people of the day wanted Jesus to fit into their box rather than the other way around. And I have always wondered in this story of Palm Sunday, were the same people that were yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Palm Sunday, were they part of the same crowd of people that a week later were yelling, crucify, crucify him. So I did some research, right? And there's so much stuff on the internet, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But there's so much stuff on the internet that, that it's kind of mind-boggling sometimes. And I'm not willing to die for this, but I just want to make a case that there are some people in the crowd that were yelling and screaming and celebrating Jesus, even though their own version of what the Messiah was. But then in a week later, they were yelling, crucify him. I've often wondered, why? How can that be? Look at Matthew 27, verse 20. Matthew 27, verse 20. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. And that just jumped out at me. Because oftentimes, and especially in today's day and age, we can get so much stuff filtered in. And it's so easy to get persuaded by non-truth. Even sometimes persuaded by truth, but it's not really what God wants us to do. That's the align, right? We need to align to him. We need to celebrate. And I think if we take those two things together, then we can have peace. See, I think we get a benefit from this looking backwards. Because when Jesus went, he knew the people. We get the benefit of reading the story knowing that he was going to die on the cross. We get the benefit of the story knowing that Jesus came back into Jerusalem because he loves us so much. He was willing to endure the cross to restore us, to restore us. And Jesus said to them, he wept because he knew going into the city, the people didn't know that. The people were misaligned. They didn't have any idea. See, more than anything, Jesus loves us so much that we need to align to that. We need to celebrate and we need to worship. We need to align our plans with Jesus' plans. Okay, so here's your math equation for the day. For those of you that are remote learning, those of you that are doing homeschooling, here it is. Write this down. You'll pass any math test here. Here's the formula, right? Here's the formula. Align plus celebrate equals peace. Align to Jesus. Worship and celebrate equals peace. Worship team, come on up. See, who knows how long this craziness is going to last. I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I know when I can go outside again and and go hang out with all the students in youth group. I wish I know when we can have an all-nighter. As soon as this thing is going to lift, I'm going to open my house, man, and we're we're going to have a youth group barbecue or something. I don't know what we're going to do, but I need people, right? And so I don't know how long this is going to last, but God has a plan. And during this whole thing I'm trying to figure out how to close this message right and what would be a good verse to go to and here's some or maybe it's this one Matthew 11:28 Come to me all you who are weary and I will give you rest great verse you all should go to Jesus man that's maybe the first step of alignment but that's not what I'm going to close with maybe it's John 16:33 Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Another equally great verse. If we align to Jesus, we know that he has overcome the world. I challenge you, in the NIV, look at verse 32 in John 16. I find this just, I don't even know what the word is, fascinatingly funny. It says that you will be scattered each to your own home. It's in the Bible. Read it, check it out. That's cool. Or maybe we'll use the scripture to close with my go-to passage. If you're in youth group, you know this. Because oftentimes I write P48 on my hand. Or oftentimes, even in the last two weeks, I preached about this twice already. But it's Philippians 4, 5 through 7 and 8. But we're only going to read through 7. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, Rejoice. Let Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, what a great verse. What a great section of scripture. But that's not what I felt like the Lord led me to. To close. Here's where we're going to close. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 5 and 6. Because this is really the formula to me. If you want to align and you want to worship and you want to have peace, here's the formula. Here it is. This is how you do it. Romans 8, 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Let me rephrase this. This is the Craig version of the Bible. The mind governed by the world is fear and anxiety. The mind that is aligned with the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's a mind that's governed by the Spirit. See, those are the fruits of the Spirit. That's what it talks about in Galatians chapter 5. It's interesting to me that it talks about, in Galatians 5, and I challenge you to read it, it says the acts of the nature and the fruits of the Spirit. One is something that you do, one is something that grows. Man, I'm a firm believer that the more that you align with the Spirit, the more the fruit of the Spirit just grows in you. Notice the first three. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. First three of the fruits, right? What more today than we need to love each other? What more today than we need to have joy? We need to worship. We need to celebrate. We need to have joy because God is good. Man, I'm getting fired up. I wasn't even this fired up in the first service, but now I'm really fired up. You better raise the clock because we're going another hour. (laughs) Love, joy, and peace. It's exactly what we're talking about. It's exactly what we're talking about. A love, a line with Jesus, joy. We need to celebrate, and we need to have peace. We need to have peace. Wow. So we come to communion. And communion is is maybe the the best realignment policy that we can get. Man, I took my car a couple years back to to get some tires and they offered me a lifetime alignment. Right, so I could just take my car back if I hit a curb or Leah hits a curb or whatever. I could take my car in there and they would realign it. Man, that's communion. It's an opportunity for us to realign to God. Man, if you're at home and you got your communion supplies, man, now is the time to grab them. Because I need you to just just again, don't just go through the motions. I want you to take communion and realign yourself with God. Man, it's an opportunity. To acknowledge. It says whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance that Jesus chose to go to the cross because he loves you and me so much that he chose to go there in our place to die for our sins. So he said he took the communions and he gave him new meaning, right? It's not the, it's not the specific material that matters or, or what you're doing. It's your heart that really matters. Is You're doing this in remembrance of what God did for you through Jesus. So he took the body and he broke it and he said, this is the new covenant. And this is what I have done. I have nailed my body to the cross. He says, take it. And then he said, because I said it backwards the first time, and then he said, this is the cup com- of the new covenant. This, is, this represents the blood that was shed for you and I. Because without the shed blood, we don't have the forgiveness of sin. Without the shed blood, without the death on the cross, without the resurrection that we're going to get to next week, man, I'm excited about Easter. Because without that, the veil wasn't torn. And without that, we don't have access to God. Without that, we can't realign. Without that, we can't joy. We can't purely just worship and have joy. This is the blood. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray, God. We just come right now, and I just say thanks because I say thanks that we have over, uh, I mean, all the time, the ability, the, the and you want us to realign to you all the time. Father, I pray that we could all do that. Just keep aligning ourselves with you, God. And then, God, more and more, I just want us to have a heart of worship. I want us to just bow down before God, recognize that you are God. I want us to throw down the things that hinder us, Take the things off of our back that hinder us. Lay them down before you and let us just worship you. Father, let me die to my plans and let me just align to your plans and worship. Father, I know if I do those things, peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and my mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: he washed Had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left, Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. One more time. And he washed it white as snow.
2: skin white as snow. sing this out with me oh praise the one. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise
1: Sin had, left. sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow.